your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, you might remember video content on Live 95 socials when our researcher Ashlyn visited Limerick Beekeepers Training Apiary in Mungret for a feature on our weekly series, Hours to Protect. Check out more at hoursprotect.ie in the next episode coming up during the 11 o'clock hour on Thursday of next week on Limerick Today. Well, you too could don the beekeeping suit as the association is running a beginner's course for anyone interested in learning about this fascinating activity and I'm joined now by Chair of Limerick Beekeepers Association Dave Bryan and beekeeper Tom O'Brien and you're both welcome gents good morning to you good morning good morning how are you doing um so Dave how did you get interested in this well I suppose Joe I grew up with it really because my late dad had bees going back in the 60s and uh, I joined with the Limerick Club back in about 65, 66, as uh, I was probably the youngest member of Limerick Beekeepers at that stage. So there was always bees on, on around our house and we always uh, enjoyed the honey and, you know, the usual. So it kind of took on from there. And um, I kind of moved out of it for a while and went back in again a few years ago. Back about say, 20 years ago, I made a few hives because uh, I thought it would be nice to go back into it again. And I started up. So that's why I came into it. Is it true that honey from bees local to a place is more beneficial to the people in the place? Is that a myth or not? Yes, as such. uh, But our country is so small that it it would be different in America because it's so big. Where our country is so small, the pollen, the, the, the vegetation around, that the bees would be bringing in similar in Limerick as they would in any other Oh, your phone's going off there. I hope that's not a bee looking for you. I saying, hope not. Why are you not look, Why are you not looking after me? I hope not. Sorry, so you're saying it would be sim- in a bigger country, it would make more of a difference. Um, is, is it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, if you talk about the States in America, it can be kind of a different temperature, different plants, different everything. So, right. Geographically, we're a lot smaller. Um, and uh, Tom, uh, how did you become a friend of the bees? Well, it started when I was 17 at school. Our science teacher was actually a beekeeper. And until recently, I didn't realise it was actually part of the curriculum in the VEC schools. And a couple of us had the interest. He had the bees at home, so he had the suits as well. So when we had showed the interest in our leaving cert year, he asked us if we would be interested in going to see the bees. And we did. We went up and put on the suits. And ever since, the bees have stuck with me. And they're fascinating creatures. And it's, I suppose they carry a warning from the point of view of they're addictive once you get into beekeeping and you start learning how the bees work, um, it's a fascinating um, item to get into. So uh, for me, it has stayed all through the years. And in the latter number of years, now that my family is almost grown up, I can put more time into them and this is what I do. Do you think that they know it's you? No. Bees have been doing the same thing that they were doing 20 plus million years ago. We, as a beekeeper, will learn and understand how the bees operate and how they work. And what we do is we aid them rather than impeding them in anything. And most of the problems in beekeeping are often created by the beekeeper himself. So it's important, and this is why we're here today, to get the message out, to do a beekeeping course, to learn correct procedures and learn how to understand the bees and how to read the bees. Because that's what we do as a beekeeper when we open up a hive. You never know what you're going to meet on the day. 
and we look into the hive and we observe the bees even before we go into the hive by how they're flying in and out, what they're bringing in and out. You'll see them bringing in the pollen and so forth in the legs. These are indications as to what you're going to find inside in the hive. So then we're looking at to see how they're doing inside in the hive. Now what we do is we observe how they work and we take advantage of that to a degree because by the nature of a bee, if they're given space, they will fill it with honey because that's their reserve and their stores for the winter months like now when they can't fly and there's very little or no food out there for them. Right. And uh, Dave, is smoke used um, in beekeeping? Yes, smoke is used and uh, we kind of tend to use it on a gentle basis. Uh, before we open a hive, we would put smoke in in the front where they're entrance and just uh, mimic the idea of a fire because when they were long ago, it was all in trees and one back. So if there was a fire, they gurgitated as much honey as they could and they, they wanted to take it with them because it was their food for to keep going. So that was the reason. So, yes, we do a little of the smoke. When I was a child, our house was completely covered by bees one day. We were inside and I don't know how it happened, but they descended on the house. The windows were blacked out. It was incredible. It was absolutely terrifying. Nothing happened to us in the sense that we sat there because we couldn't do anything else. And eventually they moved on. But it was remarkable. Yeah, that's the amazing part of swarm season. And that's the only method of reproducing a colony that the bees have is the resident queen will swarm out and she'll take half the colony with her. And this is normally our swarm season can start in May into June is the normal. Now, they can happen before and after that as well, but there's reasons for that. But the main reason is it's the nature looking after the bees and how they duplicate themselves. So they'll swarm out, the resident queen will go, and what they leave behind them then are queen cells to form a new queen that will head up the colony. But they take half the actual um, bees in the colony with them, and most of them are the foragers, because when you think of it, they're leaving home. All that they have is their crop full of honey, because they gorge themselves with honey before they leave so that they have enough to carry them for three to four days and they'll create a new colony by starting again and then foraging. And so you're saying we were right to just sit there, there's nothing oh, to be afraid of. Yeah. We, we often have what we call the golden hour, like you know, if a swarm comes out, within the hour they're gone. And that's given them a chance because what they do is they send out um, scouts and they'll search all various areas to know where they can find a new home for them. Well, fair play to my late mother because she was keeping <laughs> a number of young children, I can tell you, calm <laughs> while this was going on. Yes. It, was, it, was, it was an amazing... It's, it's a fascinating sight, but, and they're at their safest, but still you can never uh, depend on uh, bees not to sting. But if the right type of bees in the area are your... Like we, we're promoters and of the native Irish honeybee, and they're very docile uh, bee and very placid and very suited and adapted to our climate. So all sorts of claims are made about honey, that it's the most remarkable thing, that it can help from sore throats to all sorts of medical ailments. I think somebody said to me it might even help with indigestion and it's wonderful on toast and all sorts. Yes, um, there is a lot of claims out there and a lot of them are true because honey is a brilliant product. Um, when I say honey is a brilliant product, I mean the, if you can buy the local honey because what we're getting mostly in the jars and supermarkets uh, have been um, 
have, have been imported. So you talk about we have the best quality and um, for sore throats, yes. Some people use it over a length of time if they suffer from hay fever and because that actually builds up their pollen resistance. So it does help them. So where can people go if they're inspired by what you've said today, and I'm sure many will be, to find out more about the introductory beekeepers course? Well, we're starting the course in March and we're launching it this week and it'll be up on our website at limerickbees.net and the forms will be up there to fill out and the actual, um, we have a payment, online payment system there as well for them. And once they fill out the form, there's instructions and everything there as to where to send it and email it back or post it back into myself. And the, for, the, the course is a two-part course and the first day is in Raquel House Hotel at nine in the morning for registration until about four o'clock in the day. This is the theory side of it where we introduce people to the history of beekeeping and various elements of it right down to the diseases and things like that. And then it moves on to and the practical. And we go to the April then for the second part of it. So we have two days in Raquel House and then the rest is in the April. Okay, so go to that um, website and find out loads more. Exactly. Now, it won't be, it'll be up probably tomorrow. Right. From there on, and we'll launch, launch tomorrow this Saturday. weekend. Okay, yeah. fantastic. Well, listen, thank you both very much. Fascinating subject. You're always welcome back to us. We appreciate you coming in this morning. Beekeeper Tom O'Brien and Chair of Limerick Beekeepers Association, Dave Ryan. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.